Welcome into Texans All Access. Happy Halloween. Happy NFL trade deadline day. It's another Tuesday. Got Mark Vandermeer, Drew Doherty joining me. Um, First of all, it's freezing in the stadium, which I did not expect after having 80 degree weather. So uh, a chilly day, but a nice fall day and lots to get to. Yes. And before we go anywhere, this is not your last Texans All Access. It's your second to last. My second to last Texans All Access. Because you're leaving us and I hate you. So just wanted to get that out of the way for that. I mean, other than that, I like you. Other than that, it's great. Will (laughs) we have a bed of music next week underneath the show with like, it's been a long day. I think you should just make all day. of next Tuesday's All Access about me. Boys just yes. like an ode. Deepy yeah. memories. <laughs> Your favorite memories about me. <laughs> the first video you shot. Do you remember what it was? First video I shot? Yeah. Like first video you ever shot for the Houston Texans. I can't believe you don't remember oh, this. Oh, oh, I do. It was the clear bag policy. Boom. I do. Boom, yes. I remember that. I was so nervous. <laughs> How about that? That was 10 years ago that we started the clear bag policy. It was 120 policy. degrees outside, and yeah. I was so nervous. And we, yeah, it was the, the beginning of the clear bag policy. Did Jay McDevitt shoot that? He might have been the one to shoot it, yes. And he's our, whatever he is, senior VP of Zarr. digital, social, <laughs> Back all then, that. he used yeah. to actually shoot videos. And he was an intern then, and we were just hiring him to be a full-timer. That's amazing. Yeah, so much has changed. I was thinking back then we did not have um, Texans 360. No, we, we had didn't. extra points. It was a season um, in-season show. Yeah. It was no, in-season. but extra points was still done by ABC 13 then. It was not in-house yet. So yeah. we would do yeah. web. Do you remember us doing web videos on Fridays? Like sure. what to look forward to for the weekend? Yes. So on the I web. I remember social media posts were, let's post something. All right. We're in the mood fun. to post something. Ten years later, it's an industry. It's unstoppable. Yeah. Well, less than 10 years later, it evolved into that. I remember when Eric Sonnen Asensio, who was our first web guy under our crew, not I know Nick Shank and Carter O'Toole before that, but Eric said to me once, yeah, we need a full-time social media person. I said, what? Which You're sounded crazy. crazy. <laughs> yeah. You're nuts. Who does that? Well, now we have a whole department. So there it is. I, I remember we had that Twitter. Do you remember the Twitter mirror? Because we used to oh, shoot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We mirror. didn't have selfie. I don't know why we didn't do that selfies. That is awesome. We the had a Twitter mirror, mirror that There's looked like Cinderella's too. mirror. <laughs> yeah. And we would, uh, and it needed its own Wi-Fi. And somebody always had to travel. And somehow I got saddled with the Twitter mirror mm-hmm. to take <laughs> selfie videos with players. And it was so ridiculous. Literally picture a handheld vanity mirror. Yes. With a bunch of, like, Twitter birds at the top, so it looked very like... Very ornamental it, looking, yeah. Very gaudy. But and when the video it. come out as just a video, had nothing to do with the mirror? Yes. Yeah. So but why have a mirror? And they, they tried to give it to Vince Wilfork one time, and he's like, I'm not, I'm not doing <laughs> I'm that not thing. I'm not holding that Yeah, mirror. he's too tough for that. Times have changed. Now we mm-hmm. just use our phones. It's all much more simplistic, but yes... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's my second to last show. I guess I hadn't really thought about it like oh, that. Oh, really? Oh, sorry. I alerted well, you to that. Well, you've alerted everyone now, and mm-hmm. everyone knows it's my second we'll to last show. We'll go over more next week. So if I mess up, I've got one more show. To get it right. To get it right. To yes. finally pitch yeah. the perfect show. <laughs> it's funny because there was an old ESPN, This Is Sports Center about that. They're pitching the perfect show. Mm-hmm. And everyone's trying not to say anything. They're waiting for the host to, like, wrap it up. It's like a no-hitter in baseball, okay. right? Okay, okay, yes. And then does he screw up at the end or Somebody something? Somebody screws up, I think, yeah. It's... But I always tell people there's no such thing as the perfect broadcast. It's always flawed, especially when you're like this, talking, broadcasting a game. There's no perfect game. I always know when the first little wrinkle, the little glitch happens in the broadcast on a Sunday, I'm thinking, there it goes. There goes the perfect broadcast. What's your perfect broadcast? 
the, as close to a perfect broadcast, your best I don't game think you've if, ever I, I don't know what it would be because it might be something where I wasn't thinking about it. That was probably more perfect than one where I was. So ah. it's hard to say. Uh, there are games where, you know, sometimes those games where it's just crazy, a shootout, and you sort of lose track of everything and you're just going with the flow. You're like the players. It's like first down, first oh, yeah. down, first down, touchdown. It's just going back and forth. Those are the best. What about the Falcons game here in 2011 when it got really, really loud? Because a lot, a lot happened in that one. You know, like it was Trey got hurt. There though. Were, but there were big game. There were big yeah, plays. It was a big game. There was a big play at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could have won it had they completed. Honestly, the, pass. the perfect broadcast was probably a low-scoring game like that, where the game sort of. I always say, I hope the game comes to me. Right, you don't want a lot of clunky, crazy stuff. The first NFL game I ever did was a playoff game between the Ravens and the Dolphins, and I've told this story where Howard David couldn't make it, so Westwood One asked me to do it on a fill-in basis. I found it at five in the morning. Anyway, mm-hmm. there I am doing the game, and I thought this game better come to me, and it did. It was like ten to seven. It was a low-scoring, boring game, but that's just what I needed. I needed a boring, simple game. Dolphins oh. couldn't score. It was in Miami. Ravens had Tony Siragusa still and Sam Adams. And it was low-scoring, boring, easy to call. Not all this, what was that? A weird bounce, and you didn't quite catch it, and somebody got in the way, and that kind of thing. But don't you want a good touchdown to, like, punctuate the game? You do, but I also wanted to do it right. You know, I wanted to get it right. I was doing the Hurricanes at the time, and I'd Mm. never done an NFL game, and I just wanted to get it right. And then I discovered the the truth about NFL broadcasting, which is it's easier to broadcast an NFL game than a college game in many ways. Because of the roster size? The roster size and everything, you have so much information from the public relations departments. You don't have duplicate Much more, more organized, yeah, for in sure. In the preseason you do. But, I mean, when I moved here, Texas had two number threes, right? Selvin Young and I forget who the other guy was. And I remember, th- I remember thinking about that. Good luck with the college stuff, Craig Way. I've got the NFL now where everything is very – it was easier, too, when it was – uh, wide receivers, tight ends are all in the 80s, and very rarely do you have lower numbers. And now everybody's all over the place. So. You were basically doing an NFL broadcast, though, because uh, Miami. Miami. that yeah. Miami team, yeah, they pumped out. Yeah, they had a lot of guys. Pro Bowlers. They had a lot of guys. Well, speaking, you would have loved talking to Denzel Perryman because we He's had a on the He's Go a cane. We talked about Miami. We talked about the U. He said he probably mm. would have stayed in Florida either way. But You talked about his fish committing suicide. <laughs> this is how this show started. He was late. And we heard he was going to be five minutes late. He was about 10 minutes late, which is fine because players are busy on Tuesday getting rehab and whatever. But he walks in. He said, sorry, I'm late. I had a fish that jumped out of the tank. I was like, uh-huh. okay, well, you know what? Say what less. fish? I, I didn't want to know because I wanted to start the show with why he was late. That was um, one of those, don't tell me now. Don't Let's tell do me it now. on the air. Uh-oh. He told it. He's got a bunch of different types of fish. But the, the more interesting part of the story is that the fish committed suicide. The fish was dead. Mm. And he said... Um, for those of you that missed the first hour, he said that's the first time that's happened this year. <laughs> he said multiple fish jump out of the tank. I was like, maybe you should look into that. Maybe Indy suggested a lid. I suggested a bigger pool on his floor for the fish to dive into so that, that would they would save themselves. But he said, you know what? When is their time to go? It's their time mm-hmm. to go. He just he didn't want to be of us anymore. So he yeah. had a very existential take on his fish. Anyway, that's how it, that's how that. I like started. him. I like him. He's a very easy guy to like, and he's intense. And he's playing well. Yeah, he was PFF's top linebacker of the week. He was a monster on Sunday. So PFF, when they say something I like, we PFF, like what they have to say. When they say something I don't like, they don't know what we they're talking about. What <laughs>
It was Denzel's 100th career game as well, which mm. I thought that's a nice game to have, like lead the team in tackles. Yeah. The club was off his hand. You would have liked him, Mark, because he started uh, he started losing his voice because of all the yelling he had to do on the oh, field. Wow. And so he likes his concoction of tea with mil- uh, honey. No, yeah. yeah, honey, ginger, lemon. Yeah, ginger's good. I'm like this is ginger's what uh, this is what the radio. We were joking about that yesterday because he left. He did a press conference on Monday, yeah. and he was kind of saying as he was walking away about his troubles with his voice. And I said, "She needs to get with Vandermeer. Vandermeer will cook oh, him yeah. up something nice yeah. with all Some the European honey lying around." There was a time here. around Manuka. here where there were five different Manuka honeys, honey. and we'd walk in on Vandermeer like guzzling honey and oh, gargling. Yeah. And I, thought I used was... to guzzle the honey. Remember yeah. when I had all we those remember. issues? We yeah. remember it was sticky. Everything, it, was, everything sticky. was sticky in the studio. Pooh Bear Vanderbeer. I had to do what I had to do. I thought you were going to have like a big bee's nest in here. You just wanted the the most, the purest type of honey. Manuka honey. That's right. I will never forget Manuka. Manuka. Honey. It is good for you. They put it on wounds in New Zealand, okay? And they know what they're doing in New Zealand, I think. It sounds exotic, so it must work. So we talked to Denzel about a lot of different things. We talked about how he was like a kicker and punter in high school. And I thought we have not talked enough about our very own punter, Cameron Johnston. Mm. Uh, 74-yard punt, longest in franchise history. Uh, I don't know where you guys, like, what you thought of the punt, like, when it went up in the air. I was on the field, on the sideline, and I remember the crowd in Carolina audibly gasped yeah. at that point. Yeah. As they should have. He they launched that. That was a mortar. It I, was it, in the air forever. Yeah, it was. it's funny because punters, we all see it every week all the time, right? But there was something about his leg kick when I just saw it. Because I, I focus in with the binoculars every play. I'm up in the booth calling it, and I just saw his leg. It just seemed to be extra springy or something. There was an mm. extra boost to it. And when I call a long pass play or a punt, I follow the ball in the air like a camera, right? So I'm I'm in pretty tight with the binoculars, and I can't lose focus on the ball because if I do, where's the ball, right? So I'm following the ball. I'm thinking, this sucker is high. This is a big boomer. And then I'm you know, all the way to the other end of the field, and Johnny said 80 yards in the air or something. I mean, it was amazing. 74-yard punt, incredible uh, he would have been special teams player of the week. Maybe he still gets it. I don't know. If the Texans win that game, yeah. he's a lock because of where he placed the ball. They were constantly put in poor field position. That final drive, they were at their nine. Unfortunately, they were able to convert with the field goal at the end. But he gave you every chance to win, unable to close out. Yeah, he did it from his own end zone. Yep. And the, it, it drove the return man back almost at the 15, he couldn't get past. It was it was down inside the 20-yard mm-hmm. line. That was one of four of six that were down inside the 20-yard line. Okay, you guys were there. I know it was hot. It wasn't very windy, was it? I mean, it's not like... It was a little bit... A little breezy. But it's like not like the wind 15. carried that thing. No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah. It wasn't that case at all. I think that it was into the wind, if anything. If wow. there was any breeze earlier, it was coming from that way. And, and, you know, bowl stadiums, it swirls or whatever it does. So I'm not saying it was into a stiff breeze or anything, but it was certainly uh, not wind-aided, I would think. Yeah, he's, punted, he's punted 17 times this season because he missed the first chunk of the year with on IR. Nine of those 17 have gone inside the 20, been down inside the 20. That's better than 50%. When you're doing that, I mean, that's a that's really, strong. really yeah. high, high number for a punter. 
And it says a lot about your coverage units, too. It also says that the Texans are moving the ball at least enough mm -hmm. to prevent him from having to punt from his own end zone too often, yeah. right? Where we've seen a whole lot of that in the past, where you just can't get out of dodge and you have to punt from your own end too deep and you're giving them good field position because it's, even a guy like that has a difficult time doing it. You know, it was so many, there was, it, it's really unfortunate, obviously, that it's a loss, but there were so many good things that happened in that game. And it was such a, yeah, I mean, defensively, it, it felt like it was, there was a lot of pressure on Bryce Young. First of all, I saw Bryce Young warming up before the game and I was telling Mark, mm -hmm. he is slight. Like, I know that we've heard him being small and everyone's like, why is everyone making a big deal about his size? But even knowing that when I saw him on the field warming up without the pads and everything, he doesn't look very big. And he's hard to spot on the field, actually. So right. um, he sort of gets dwarfed by the rest of the O-line. But just seeing what this defensive line was able to do between Grenard, uh, getting two and a half sacks, Malik Collins, all the pressures, all the hits. I, I mean, the, the defense really had a good game. And I think after the game, Jonathan Grenard said it. it what started off as what everyone was hoping to be a battle of the quarterbacks sort of turned into a defensive battle at the end of the day. Uh, it was a defensive battle. There's no doubt when you have a 15-13 outing, it felt like one half of offensive output for the Texans. I know they scored two touchdowns, but 140 passing yards, that's not going to mm -hmm. get it done. They'll be the first to tell you that. They ran for 110, which in context of this season is what their third best output of the year, but it didn't feel like it. It didn't it feel like 30 carries to do it. Yeah. 30 carries. And you look at the end of the day, it's just not what you're looking for. It felt like the Texans were the team that might've been sacked six times. When you look at the output, you just didn't get it. And to have, and I've had disputes with people and we've been going back and forth, like where, where do they need the most help? And I'm thinking, well, they need to get it together on offense. Cause we've seen some explosive offense from this team so far, but you didn't see it in that game. And I'm, thinking it's an aberration. I'm hoping it's an aberration because you had second and five at their 35 with the game on the line in the fourth quarter. If you move the ball into field goal range, you probably win. You might not, but you probably win. So second and five at their 35 and you end up having to punt because what was it? Incomplete five yard penalty, third and 10, and you get either sacked or you're, you're thinking, oh, we're not going to try a 58-yard field goal. That was it. And you have to go for it. And, uh, I mean, you have to go for a punt there and pin them deep, which they did. But, again, they gave up that game-winning drive. Think about it. They have two touchdown drives, two scoring drives total. Those were both double-digit scoring drives, which is really good. You like that. Okay, the other seven drives combined, you punt six times, mm. you fumble it away. But on those seven drives, you only averaged 3.9 plays per possession. Mm. I mean, you're basically going three and out, and at most you had five plays on all of those other drives combined. So they just couldn't get things going unless they were scoring it on those two drives. A lot of stress on the defense. When they yeah. took the lead with that drive in the second half, they forced two punts after that, two Carolina punts after that. So they got the ball back twice, but unable to do what they needed to do, which was score at least one more time or at least stop them and Look, if they'd won a game 13-12, believe me, I'd be celebrating wholeheartedly yeah. and say, look, they'll get the offense it's together. It's a beautiful win. But they won. Yeah, it's a beautiful win because they're, all wins are beautiful. They're so rare and precious and beautiful in this league. You have to appreciate them as they occur. But, man, that was really tough to take. You knew that you probably had the better team and whatever. Just got to try again. And what did we talk about last week? I talked about one win Chicago winning a game at home, one win New England winning a game at home. That was the previous week. And then 
this weekend, what happens? You lose to 0-6 Carolina because it's the NFL and it's unpredictable and you better be ready. I kind of wish we had the bye week this week because we were talking about Andre <laughs> Ware saying, you never want a bye week when the team is hot. And it felt like this team was kind of hot. I hate going into the bye with a loss, though. I Ooh. hate going into the bye with a loss, too. But it just seemed like the momentum that they had. Yeah. You know, maybe because it's a young team and it is a you know new new young quarterback and a lot of young players and young everything yep you know and, and maybe bobby Sloak wanted to try some different things change up the tendencies and so they tried it you know they're gonna have to go back to the drawing board for this week against tampa bay but uh just as far as stopping the run they were really good mm -hmm. defensively they made a lot of improvements i they mean were Chuba, so good Chuba Hubbard only run. had 28 yards on 15 attempts he was averaging 1.9 yards a carry and they did sack like you mentioned bryce young six times but uh, the offense, you know, maybe you, you get a little bit healthier. Maybe you get a few guys back. I don't know what happens. Jared Patterson, obviously, that's a uh, that's going to be a big story for Sunday's game because you're not going to have him back, yeah. and you got to figure out that center position in a in a quick hurry. Yeah, I want to talk about him in a second, but I want to do one more thing. Okay, put your thinking caps on, close I your am. eyes, okay, and pretend you don't know what happened. I'm going to do. What if I told you? What's your score prediction if I told you before the game? You're going to allow 44 rushing yards. Mm. You're going to sack Stroud yeah. six times. You're going to yeah, hit yeah, him yeah. 10 times. You're going to have a goal line stand where you don't let him in the end zone on fourth down. That was amazing, by the way. I was All, in the end zone for what that. Would that was be, tremendous. What would you think the outcome would have been? A uh, 14-point win, 10-point win at least, that kind of thing. I would have asked you the turnover battle. <laughs> yeah, I know and you, you only turned it over you, one time. You turned it once, but you didn't get any takeaways. So Yeah, but yeah. you still Maybe won. in a low-scoring game. You know that delay of... The delay of game penalty, too. Massive, yeah. Like, that that could have been a difference maker, too. It just it was such a close game on all fronts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, looked at the defensive numbers afterwards because I knew that despite the loss, they were going to climb on certain charts. They are sixth in the NFL in scoring defense. That's amazing. Wow. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Tied with Tampa Bay, which is coming in here on Sunday, obviously. But I thought, okay, where have we been? Not in a good place defensively the last couple of years. Now, we've talked about it, though. Like, last year, they were in a lot of games. Defense under a lot of stress. Offense not doing its thing. But this year, this defense, you're – what are they against the run now? 11th or something like that. They are really climbing these charts, and that's nice. I think this defense can do some things for them. They need to work on the consistency on offense, running the football, run it for more than 110, find a way to really get Pierce going. And Singletary, too, for that matter, they had another sort of semi-equal number of carries in this game. And Stroud is Stroud. I mean, you, you've, is he the best player on the team? You know, we could argue that all day, but he's C.J. Stroud. He's an awesome quarterback. they got to find a way to really get him going here against Tampa Bay on Sunday. And that's not going to be easy because we just said they have a good defense and they have names you know. I mean, you, have no, you know Brian Burns, you know Derek Brown a little bit for the Carolina Panthers. Tampa Bay, go look at their defense. These are guys, oh, yeah, I remember seeing them in the Super Bowl. I remember seeing them in all these playoff games they've played in recent years. I know they had Tom Brady, and I said to D'Amico, those are the Brady Bucks. These are the Baker Bucks, but they have a lot of the same guys, a lot of the same dudes that you know very well, and they're ready to come in here and try to snap a three-game losing streak that they have going on. One of those guys is Vita Vea, right yeah. there in the middle of the D-line, and that brings us back to Jared Patterson being out for Sunday's game. Yeah. You see him getting caught. <laughs> like, that's not a... That's not ideal to have uh, one of the best nose tackles in the league no. going against. We I don't, don't know, know how they do it. Fill in the blank at center. And the, oh my gosh, the number, I wrote a story about this. It's up on HoustonTexans.com. The number of centers this team has gone through 
this year because you start off with Scott Questenberry, who's your starting center from last year. He gets injured in camp, gets carted off the field. Then you bring in Juice Scruggs, no problem, second-round draft pick. That's what you drafted him for. He's going to get a start a little bit early. Fine. Does something at the end of does something at the end of preseason in the New Orleans game lands on IR? Okay, Jared Patterson, next man up. He comes in and is really playing strong uh, the last seven games or so. You don't even remember that he's a rookie and that he wasn't even taking the majority of snaps in camp. D'Amico said that too. The fact that we haven't talked about him much. We haven't talked about him at all. It's a great thing because offensive linemen tend to be that way, right? You don't want to hear their name much. Because you want to hear the the unit, the offensive line's doing a great job. You don't want to hear individual names much because that usually means they're being singled out for mistakes they've made. But Patterson has performed well. You've never uh, right exactly. If you heard, if you heard his name, it would have been like a fumbled yeah. snap or something, some center quarterback exchange gone wrong. Haven't heard that at all, considering like he wasn't working with CJ mm-hmm. in camp. Uh, but now he goes out and then. Who comes in now? Juice, is well, Juice Scruggs going to come off IR? We'll see if Deer Juice is getting in? ready. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like he's ready to step in at this particular moment in time. Jimmy Morrissey still in the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Michael Dieter, who filled in during the game. You do have options there. At least they have a week to prepare for this particular game and then take it from there. Because we all know this is an ebb and flow thing with the roster. And you have the trade deadline. You have signings. And you have elevations every week. And it's more complex and active than ever and COVID had a lot to do with that with the expansion of the practice squads the flexibility with the roster on game day and different things you can do it's great for the players great for the teams we've mentioned all that and I think that they're going to continue to churn this thing they're going to continue to look for players who can help them out and they obviously need help at that spot right now you know it's really it's quietly one of the most holy moly moments or or I, I things out there because think about you had a first-year head coach, first-year offensive coordinator, rookie quarterback, and a rookie center. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost a recipe for doom and maybe one or two wins tops. And they've they've been able to win three, be really, really close in two others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the schedule still sets up nicely for what they can do. I, I mean, I know it's there's there's a bit of doom and gloom this week, but I'm not overly concerned about what I saw on Sunday. Yeah, you got to get better, but... It's like C.J. Stroud said, you make a few more throws, you're on the field a lot longer, you're, you yeah. get going. You know, they I, had four knockdowns. Exactly. If you complete yeah. two of those, let's just say they have, you have two knockdowns instead of four. That could extend a drive. It could mean a score. It could mean who knows what. You keep the ball away from them a little bit longer. The universe changes. I mean, everything has an impact, and that was just not their day. So, And what did C.J. say, cobwebs, after the bye? I thought that was an interesting word. So he felt like, they just weren't on their game. We'll see if they're on their game on Sunday. But I don't feel doom and gloom. I just feel like this is a big challenge. It's the NFL. We see these teams win and lose every week, and you feel great when you win. You feel like crap when you lose. And then you look at the end result at the end of the year. You hope you can win more than you lose. This is really scientific. Win more than you lose, and you're going to be in good You'll shape. Say, Mark. Yes. Yeah. This, I figured it all out after 22 <laughs> years. That's what you're looking to do in this league. I thought it was, uh, yeah, it was cobwebs not only for CJ, but Tank Dell had not played a game yeah. in two weeks, really, because made, he had the concussion. He was back. I mean, he did some nice things. That on- whoop, whoop. He's like a feather. <laughs> oh, I mean, just so good. Him, but him being back, I feel a lot more comfortable than him not being. And I think with the injuries of the O-line, the O-line has, Chris, uh, Coach Strasser's done a fantastic yeah. job with these guys, bringing them up to speed. But I think just getting some of your offensive playmakers back um, mm. and getting the ball in their hands, 
That's that's what CJ Stroud is going to want to see. And you know that he's really hard on himself after the game and and talking about it after the game. But I feel like this is a good you come back home. Yeah. You got everybody healthy, as healthy as they can be at this time of year. And you just rock and roll and you just go. Four of the next five games are at NRG Stadium. That's big. Yeah. So after this one, you go to Cincinnati, then you're back for a three game home stretch. You have what Arizona and not in this order necessarily. Jacksonville might be the last one. Denver. Maybe that's the last one. I don't know. But Denver, Arizona, Jacksonville. Can't wait for the Jacksonville one. That's Thanksgiving weekend. That's going to be cool. Battle Red Helmets, too. Ooh, Against right. Jacksonville? You bet. It'll be Battle Battle You tend red. to know these things. It's Battle I always forget red. those things. Yeah. The only time I really had Battle Red locked into my brain was last year on November 3rd. I still remember the date because it was the Eagles and the Battle Red Helmet. Right. Oh, how can we and forget? I would, so I would guess the third Battle Red Helmet will be the final game of the, the year against the Titans at home. I don't know. I would think because right? they get to wear the battle royal helmets. Can we three wear times. it on the road when they wear the Oiler uniforms? Are we going to get think into they that? Can, no, I think oh you wear your. But there's going to be three home. times they've already worn it once. We know they're going to wear it against the Jags. I would think it's going to be against the Titans, right? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. So I feel much better than I did yesterday because yesterday Eve. I couldn't even <laughs> think about the Titans game and hop with three touched. I just couldn't even think about it. And today, I'm getting over the weekend a little bit more. That was a rough weekend. That was a rough NFL Sunday for the Houston Texans. The only thing that really came through for you was the Colts losing, which was great, to the Saints. And I always enjoy watching the Patriots lose. It has really nothing to do with us, <laughs> but I enjoy having it happen. And the Browns lost, too. That's good for That's your draft. Brown- oh, yeah. Well, how yeah. could I forget yes. that? The good Browns for your It was a crazy weekend of NFL football, and it's a crazy day because the NFL trade deadline passed today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on some of the big moves across the NFL. It seems like one position group in particular has seen a lot of action. We're going to get into that and more. It's all coming up on Texans All Access. Welcome back, Texans All Access. It's a trade deadline, but before we get into that, Mark mentioned DeAndre Hopkins, uh. the unis. Um, I want to get your thoughts because it's definitely making its rounds on Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, you saw the article in the Houston Chronicle that the NFL sent a cease and desist uh, letter to University of Houston on the Love You Blue uniforms. Mm-hmm. Actually, Drew was sitting next to me, and he as soon as that article hit, Drew pulled it up, starts reading it. Um, I start reading it, and, you know, it's interesting to see because I know in Houston people have their thoughts about it, mm-hmm. but it seems like even nationally people are like, what is the big deal the big deal the big deal because Ole Miss wears those colors you've got other but they wore a real oiler uniform the Cougs did but Rice did as well but Rice had some silver helmet uh, addition to it Rice wasn't a carbon copy of the the Rockets 2021 20 I don't know how that works 2020 and 2021 the Rockets wore these baby blue uniforms yeah with the red trim or whatever but they I don't know how that works with the NBA but it was so direct what the Cougs did that I get it in a certain way. But you know what? As long as they're not selling it, which I guess they're not. My understanding is they weren't selling any uniforms like this or jerseys like this in their team shop. I don't know if they were. Do you think they were, Drew? Uh, were they? I, I don't know. think they were. I All wonder right, well, who whatever. was. But my biggest question is this. But how can the NFL sue? Well, who's driving it? Is it the Titans saying, hey, NFL, get on these guys? Or is it the NFL acting almost by themselves saying, no, this is a league property i really don't know know. the answer to that question other than to say the league has a lot to do with the uniforms because we're going through these processes right now right and the process definitely involves the league and nike very much so very much so they have a lot to do with it but as far as the rights go now if a store or a business uses the bullhead for instance 
the league, I guess you could ask the league to step in and, and write the cease and desist, but the Texans often do this themselves because it happens all the time, right? right? They have to send out a form letter basically saying, hey, stop it. I, and we're all encouraged. You know, if you see something that's really egregious, go ahead and take a picture of it. Uh, a business. There was a business once that was blatantly using the bullhead and had nothing to do with the Texans. And I knew it. And we had partners that competed with that business. And I just took a shot and sent it into the uh, legal department. And they, they Mark took Vandermeer, Narcan. I know. Now it's like <laughs> snitches get stitches. No. Think about it. Think about it, you guys. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the Titans are doing this mm-hmm. as a shot at, 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 at the Texans. Okay. So you would think they would like all these other Houston institutions and teams to wear their colors as opposed to the, the Texans. Texans colors. Yeah. Which it, is why I'm yeah. kind of surprised. Interesting. I'm kind of surprised by the lack of any reaction from them. Have they been told by the NFL, hey, be quiet, or do they wish they could say something, but they can't? The Titans? Yeah, or did they say, hey, these guys are wearing our our, our uniforms get after him. I mean, I, I think you're I've, right. I, I think if you wanted to troll the Texans and you're the Titans, that's all, you should encourage UH to wear yeah, it. And yeah. it says Houston across that's the front. That's why they're wearing these uniforms in, in Nashville. That's the only reason they're I'll doing this. I'll tell you this. what upset me. And I wasn't even here for the Oilers, okay? But my DNA is spliced into Houston sports history. And I was upset on all the Twitter handles. Even Titans radio was Oilers radio. Ooh. And I'm like, Oilers radio? What are you yeah. doing? You're not the freaking Oilers. The- well, they were the Tennessee Oilers for a year. Then keep the name. Keep the, keep name. the name. If you want to own the name and own everything, why don't you just keep it? If you love it so much, keep <laughs> it. Right? There's no oil in Tennessee anywhere. You can't even just have a little bit of a poetic license here and use that as your name. Keep the name. Go ahead. No, you didn't keep the name because you didn't want the name. You didn't want it. You just want it now to troll Houston. That's all. That's it. And in memory of Bud Adams, that's why you're doing it. Otherwise, either give the Texans the name or the city of Houston the name or the right, whatever, however you want to work it. I like Andrew Mark, angry Mark Van This is good. And, and that, okay, so it's that fun. was Lots my first fun. question. My but you know, they don't, is, they, don't, they don't want the name and they don't want anyone else to have wait, the name. Wait, what about this? Exactly. What about this? Do Titans fans in Tennessee no. really they give a care. rip about they do not the care. stuff? They they care how zero. could they care at all? Yeah. Right? This is like, listen, I used to be married to her, and here's a picture of her. And here, I'm going to hang this up on the wall. Here's a bikini picture of her. Here's our <laughs> wedding picture. Don't you enjoy this, honey? This is your new bride, but you're you're showing your old, you know, your yeah, old no, spouse photos no. too. That's what it is. The people in Nashville are like, I don't care about an oil derrick on my field. <laughs> what is, is this? this? A little I'm odd. a Titan. How about celebrate the Titans? Yeah. You know, you do have a little bit of a history there, and you've been to a Super Bowl as the Titans. Thank God it wasn't as the Oilers. So there you have it. It is their own history. They should embrace Titan history and Titan heritage, not Oilers. But, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. And I know the uh, – here's another thing. Are you ready? Are, oh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for more rants. Now you got me on a roll. Yeah. And I love Warren Moon, but I heard he said this, so I don't want to yes, quote Yes, I, I know. But somebody going. said oh, – like, you know, they were thanking – and I get it. Thank Amy Adams-Strike for all the, uh, all the nice stuff she does for the Oiler alums, and that's great. Okay, that's fine. But – to say that the Texans have not supported the Oilers. Now, I know in the beginning, wasn't like that, okay? They were coming into the market, the Texans, and Establishing wanted their to own really establish. Yeah. Yes, I can't say it any better than that. But as time progressed. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Uh, let me stop you there. Yeah. Because when they unveiled 
the, there's a big unveiling either of the uniforms or the logo or whatever. Right. Ray Childress was there. Houston Oilers great. Earl Campbell was there. Houston okay, Oilers great. There you go. Greatest coach in in, in in Oilers history. Bum Phillips was there and has always been a Very, was always a big right, part of this franchise. That's nice. That that's good. And you know At what happened outset. eventually? We were paying Oilers to be our ambassadors. Okay, many of them. All right. Ken Houston, I mean, not like, you know, gargantuan amounts of money, but to make appearances as Texans ambassadors, right? Then they did a wonderful job. And I love Ken Houston, Curtis Duncan, Kenny Burrow, I think. Mm -hmm. Kenny Burrow's been around. I mean, obviously. Dan Pastorini has done so many shows with us over the years. He has, but I don't know if he's ever technically been an ambassador, but, you know, we've but done he, stuff I mean, I, I feel like we, I, we'd go to those shows out and about. People would come. They'd Didn't he walk work. out of the tunnel, Pastor? Look, Absolutely. Look, so we've celebrated and honored we our homecoming Bum games Phillips. featured yeah. former Oilers. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, well, you've never done anything. Really? And I'm, I'm not saying they all say this. Right. But. It shouldn't be said. It, you should appreciate what she does for you. Great. I understand that. Appreciate that she honors you. But it's not like we haven't done anything here. Okay? But when Bum Phillips comes onto the field, was it It was a playoff game, right? Yeah, 2011. Like, I was in the stands. The entire stadium went berserk. Yeah, the I mean, hair that still was like, stands on the back of my neck when I think about it. It was the most awesome. exciting, awesome memory. And if they bring him out, when you know, if he was alive in Nashville... I don't think he gets. He doesn't get that sort of. No, you get an applause because he's a he's a folk hero. But uh, all right, but not here's the a way better one. And people in Houston have embraced Bumble. Yeah, like Warren Moon to the Tennessee fans. Oh, oh yeah. great! I mean, they like Warren Moon. He's an, he's, famous. he's an international yeah. not international, mm-hmm. but he's a you know he's a national he's a celebrity in yes. sports. Great, Warren Moon. All right, what about what about Pastorini though? How do they mm-hmm. feel about that? People in Houston know Pastorini. Well, yeah. People in Nashville. I'm not saying they don't know Dan Pastorini, but what is what does that mean? To them, what does "Love You Blue" mean to the people of Nashville? Nothing, zero, zip, other than we stole your team. That's it. <laughs> and I'm not bitter about that part no. of it because I'm grateful the Texans <laughs> yeah. are here. Yeah. But it's just it's an odd dynamic, and it's just up to the Texans that when they go to Tennessee, they got to win that game. To win <laughs> the game win when game. they're winning the where, when they're wearing the Oiler uniforms, the Titans are. Go ahead and smash mouth and win. Pat McAfee had the best. They, it's funny when you hear national people talk about this because they think it's a slap in the face to Houston fans to yeah. see those amazing uniforms being worn in a different city Watt for a different team. What has been the best? Watt, Watt has been is actually gets it because he's like, mm-hmm. look, I played there for 10 years. Like, yeah. I get that. He's like, I Amy Adams Strunk donated to the Hurricane Harvey Relief yeah. Fund. He, he has a great relationship with her. Mm-hmm. He said, however, the people of Houston, what those uniforms, what those colors mean to the people of Houston because they have a history with that Oilers team. He's like, I get it. Those uniforms are great. We would have loved to wear it. But with that being said, on the Pat McAfee show, they said the only way the Tennessee Titans could make this worse is if they wear it against the Houston Texans. And JJ said, well, I, I think they are planning on it. Yeah, yeah. And they were horrified. <laughs> but I love that McAfee's suggestion was, I think they should duke it out for the uniforms. Let um, let the Titans wear blue and maybe the Texans wear the white version. And then whoever wins gets, gets to, to keep the jersey. And immediately after the game, have to take off, the losing team has to take off their uniforms <laughs> and hand it over. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great way to solve this problem? Uh, maybe. Yeah, play for the right to wear the uniform for, for the right. in the future. You earned it. You get it. If or maybe lose, for the next year. It. Maybe for the next year you get it's like the Oiler Cup. Or the you uniform play for the cup. You play for the Derek <laughs> trophy. 
You know, that could be our little rivalry. Like, that you know, all these huge. Big Ten schools, like the, the Axe. You know, <laughs> the they, Apple Cup. They, they, yeah. yeah, they play for all these things. You Pretty know, you know you, the Oaken Bucket. They right. play for a, We'll play for a little bucket. oil, Derek. This is it. This is the trophy. Guys, between that's the, it. The problem well, is solved. And there was a time when the Texans were really marketing the rivalry with the Titans. It was the TNT rivalry. Remember yes. that? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That. Well, and we didn't do that anymore. You know, we kind of dropped that over the years. It's a rivalry. Great. But. To play for a Derek Trophy now. Now we're talking. Although the current players would be like, "What's going on? I don't even know. I don't even understand this. What are you guys talking about? Like these <laughs> like guys? You even have the oil, Derek. We these don't guys weren't even born. I mean, CJ was born after Game One of Texans history. Think about that for a moment. Oof. He was born after September eighth, two thousand two. Two thousand one. He was born a year before. What? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Darn it. Because he's the first player born post 9-11. Darn it. Okay, never mind. But (laughs) next year, (laughs) we're going to have a guy... Actually, you, man. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm glad you corrected me. I, I need an automatic fact check. This is good. I need a fact checker. Not during a play by play broadcast, but during this. Yes. Well, I thought, uh, you know, Omar Mazoub of PR, he had an even better idea. He said, how about we make the head coaches wrestle for them? Mike Rabel versus D'Amico Ryans. <laughs> I, I'll normally I'd say Frank nobody Rosser's... beats Frabel, but man, to be no, no, uh, oh yeah. Could, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this but, is another suggestion. But we have. fighting and wrestling are different. I'm not saying Maybe I don't just... agree with you, but it's always a different dynamic. Like you could get somebody completely mismatched in appearance with Vrabel or D'Amico, and they could win. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I saw the movie Vision Quest. I know how this this all works. I've also seen, with my own eyes, in the Texans locker room across the hall, I've seen Mike Vrabel wrestle players in the locker room. Just Just for for fun. fun. Yes. For fun. Like, wrestle, wrestle, Vision Quest style. These are five years older now. Were they in the the stance, like one guy in all fours and the other guy? Yeah, they were squared off. No. Yeah, hunched over, about to go out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So who and was he held it? His who own, won? I can't remember who it was. But this is off the record stuff, I guess, in the locker room if you're wrestling with an assistant I coach. I just remember he dominated. You know, like that's Rabel probably did. why. Yeah, yeah. It's. It was. I remember him doing push-ups uh, at the Greenbrier, and I took note of how he does push-ups, and I do my push-ups the same Wait, way. Wait, how now. does he do push-ups? Yeah, what does he do? He's very aggressive doing his push-ups. You know, he is re- he's flying, but he's doing a full push-up. You know, but he's doing an angry push-up as if he's pushing the earth down. Away from him. Yeah. <laughs> away okay. from him. Get away from me, earth. <laughs> you can tell You can tell on TV he's a very big guy, but when you see him in person, it's, it's like his shoulders are, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. eight feet wide. He's, a, he's enormous right. in person. Yeah. He's a big, big dude. He's he also likes guy. to run sprints before every yep. game up and down and, the field. And Ted Johnson, Willie McGinnis was like, all those Patriot linebackers from the early O's, they're frightening humans. They yeah. are. They're way bigger than today's linebacker. It's a different game. They didn't have to yeah. pass. They could cover guys, but they didn't have to do it as much and as as in the same fashion that these linebackers today have to. He was also very good, Vrabel, and maybe still is, at Foursquare. So he's a good oh, all-around athlete. Oh, he was. Yeah. I miss Foursquare. I miss, I miss the Foursquare four network. The Quattro. The, the Quattro. <laughs> all right. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We come back one final segment. We will get into some NFL trade deadline stuff. Oh, boy. That's It's all coming up. up. But you had to wait the whole show. No, but no, no, no. We, we covered the uniforms. We're going to get into Houston and Dallas <laughs> with Mark and see if he gets angry oh, about boy. that. Oh, <laughs> boy. You'll have to find out what we actually get into. One final segment of Texans All Access coming your way. Final segment of Texans All Access coming your way. It is the NFL trade deadline. It's also Halloween. It's also the day that we discuss 
uh, NFL uniforms with the Titans. We've kind of covered it all, but we do need to get to some trade deadline stuff. Um, not a lot of big news. I guess there were a few stories Chase that we Young. saw earlier. That's I, a big story. That was earlier Nothing in the Houston day. Houston Texans big news, but yeah. And Montez Sweat, because that means Washington's unloading, right? So That is that. exactly what that seemed yeah. like. Um, so you got Leonard Williams uh, to the Seahawks, Montez Sweat to the Bears, Chase Young to the 49ers. And uh, Arizona Cardinals, they sent quarterback Josh Dobbs and a 2024 conditional seventh That's to the Minnesota Vikings. Too. That's big because with the Kirk Cousins Achilles injury, mm-hmm. uh, some people were floating the idea of a Mr. Case Keenum going to the Vikings. And also it affects the Texans because the Cardinals are playing at the Browns this weekend. So Yeah, and you're playing the Cardinals eventually, mm-hmm. and you're playing the Browns eventually, yep. right? So you might see Dobbs. You never know. I mean, is there any guarantee you see Watson on Christmas Eve here at NRG Stadium? Mm. There's no guarantee. I, you can't guarantee anything with him right now. Yeah. And Dobbs, you can guarantee this. He's the go-to guy of the moment if you need an emergency quarterback. And I guess the Cardinals feel like they'll go with Toon, they'll go with Murray if he's ready or whatever they're going to do. But Dobbs, I like him. I like him. He's super smart, as we all know. He's like DP. He's an engineer. Yeah. And he plays. <laughs> look, I was hoping he'd win that. I was hoping he'd win that game against the Jags for the AFC South Championship last year. I don't know why, because I hate the Titans too. I just didn't want to see the Jags get it because I'm bitter and shallow in a sports fashion. But this is notable because he goes to Minnesota. Is it going to be Hall? Is it going to be Dobbs? It's probably Hall. We'll see how they handle it. I mean, I'm surprised they they trade him, and I'm I'm looking at. Um, well, Hall, yeah, Hall. They've said is going to start this next game. Yeah, but eventually. Oh yeah. But the Cardinals. It looks like Clayton Tune is supposed to start this week. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not over happy. Kyler Murray. I'm he may still play, that. but now they're saying next week is more likely. It's a weird, weird situation in Arizona, It's weird too. with all these guys now. All these quarterbacks. Watson, him. You know, I watched. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo is a little bit different. You know, we've been accustomed to him having health issues. And he made an and appearance. And trade rumors. He yeah. made an appearance on Monday Night Football. It felt like a cameo. Like, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo dropped in, decided to play a game. <laughs> and he was getting st- steamrolled by that Lions defense. I mean, they were just destroying the Raiders. It was a pleasure to watch some of that. I was because I was happy for Aaron Glenn, original Texan and defensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, that he's having that kind of success. Plus, it makes me feel like, you know what? They're doing that. Why not the Texans eventually getting to that level? Now, what is that level? They're six and two. Great. They had a great finish last year. They finished with a winning season. They didn't make the playoffs. Where they headed ultimately, nobody knows, but they're headed in the right direction, it would appear. Uh, Albert Breer was saying that uh, the Patriots apparently never got any calls on Mac Jones or Zeke Elliott. So maybe, maybe Who's the Patriots. trade for Mac Jones? Oh, maybe the Vikings? <laughs> really? But like with what? I mean, I don't even understand how that would even. I, Case Keenum makes more, more sense than Mac Jones. I guess he does, but. If I'm the Vikings, I'm wondering, am I getting you the, the Minnesota Miracle him. Case Keenum or am I getting a Case Keenum that's ready for retirement soon or whatever? I think we see Case in practice. He's spry. Yeah. We saw him in training camp. I think he could still play. He could help a team that's good like that. But if I'm Nick Casario, D'Amico Ryans, I'm thinking I'm not so eager to give up Case Keenum. I love him in the locker room. If we have to go there, look, you've been really lucky. Knock wood. Don't want to get injuries at that position group. Uh, a lot of people talk to me about, hey, you think Mills is going to get traded? I'm thinking, no. If there were wholesale injuries at the quarterback position around the league, maybe there would be 
you know, a great market for that. But I, I'm thinking you need your own insurance here, right? Guys three and four, you yeah, got a lot of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, totally. It's it's kind of nice. I feel like the last few years we've hit the trade deadline. It's been kind of stressful. <laughs> yeah, it has. You know, been. and it's like it was it was kind of a, a maybe it seems like a quieter trade deadline deadline because a the Texans didn't have a like a situation where you thought is Brandon Cooks going to be traded? Is he not going to be traded? Deshaun oh, Watson. Right. The uh, year before. The year before the it was Watson that. deal was on. Fire. It seemed like something might happen up until yeah. the last minute. We were just like refreshing Twitter, yep. for the the app formerly known as Twitter, over and over again. So it's kind of nice to not have like be in a situation where you're just offloading players or players that you have to get rid of. Yeah, because the real question was, wait a minute, you're not going to trade anybody, right? Are you shopping for people? Are you going like, to oh, try are to we get stronger? Looking to add yeah, people? but <laughs> I would hate to part with draft capital. I don't. It's it's a hard thing to figure. What are the team needs right now? Well, a lot of it has to do with who are you willing to re-sign in the offseason mm. among the veterans you picked up on the short-term deals combined with how's the draft working out? The last couple of drafts, last two, three drafts, as far as guys who can be here for a while, and they got to weigh all that out. But I don't know if it's worth to just get a player or two through trades. You can get, and Johnny likens it to dollar lottery tickets sometimes when you sign a player off the street that had some good things happen in his past, but he might be coming back from an injury, and that's why he's available. And then you see what you can get with those kinds of guys. Demarius Thomas, is that the biggest Texans draft deadline deal that you guys can think of? That's off the, top the of one. Head? That's maybe the only one I can yeah. think of. You know, that was a big one in 2018 when they lost Will Fuller and they had to go for it. They traded a fourth for Demarius Thomas. And, he, you know, he was a player that everybody knew. Right, he was a pretty big name, and then he goes back to Denver. Yeah, like his first well. game as a Texans mm-hmm. catches a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I, I, it was weird because he had always been a Bronco. He seemed kind of shell shocked that he got traded. It seemed yeah, like he it was. came as a surprise. That was such a weird week for him too. It was to a, have to go back like that. Yeah, yeah and he spent his whole career there. I think he thought he was going to retire there. He had no inkling it was going to happen. Um, you know, and then he goes back, has to play there. It was kind of an emotional game for him. Yeah. I, it was great for the Texans because losing Will Fuller, I think everybody was doom and gloom, like, what's mm-hmm. going to happen to this wide receiver yeah. group? The late Demarius Thomas. The late Demarius mm-hmm. Thomas. Yeah. I got to interview him, too, and he had such a great story. So, yeah. um, But we did go back to Denver, and they had a welcome back Demarius sign, which mm-hmm. I was like, wow, they made that really fast. Hey, we put a man on the moon in 1969. <laughs> we can make a sign for somebody, too. They that can make quick? a banner at Mile High. I don't know, <laughs> man. These printing costs and these printing turnarounds are tough. A man on the moon is one thing, but... Uh, they didn't have to do it. Maybe they had to do Amazon Prime, like same day shipping to get that there. Maybe to get so it up. I have, a, I have a friend, and I, this is embarrassing. He is one of the people who thinks that we didn't really go to the moon. There's a lot of people like that, Mark. I hate to, I hate really? to break it to you. Yes. There but, are all, yes. But there I saw it on of, TV, DP. It must have happened. Could have been faked. Could have been a deep fake. Of course, Before it anybody could, knew what a deep fake of was. Of course, it could have been. Not saying fake. I'm one of those DP people. doesn't believe that. We no, went to the I'm moon. not That's saying wild. because I went to Purdue, which has the Neil Armstrong School of Engineering. Oh so yeah. So I'm not one of those people. Neil Armstrong went to Purdue, so it's not me. But here's, I'm just here's saying. Here's my thing. Too many people, people have to be in on it to have not blown the cover of this. There no, could, it's. There could be a cover. I love a good conspiracy theory. People cannot theory, keep Mark. their mouths shut <laughs> over time. I understand, like being able to keep it on under wraps for a few weeks, maybe. But over time, Eventually years and years later, and alcohol and whatever, and all of a sudden, you know what? I was part of that that shoot. Let's uh, bottle that idea, and let's bring it back next week. Let's get into the JFK assassination. Yes. 
<laughs> things that you never thought you'd hear on Texans Radio. Yeah, why not? Let's just roll with it. The all moon right. thing is relevant because NASA here, all right? <laughs> We've got the Space Center. All right, I don't even know how to wrap up this show, but that's going to do it for Texans All Access. And we got John Harris not talking about Man on the Moon or JFK next with Texans matchup, so don't go anywhere.